Welcome to another episode of Fight the Burnout. Today we have uh, Jason Lewis. He is active duty uh, police officer, um, and he is going to talk to us about his experience with burnout today. Uh, so without further ado, we will go into it, but I just want to remind you that we are sponsored by uh, our the motorcycle retreat that I'm putting together in May 2023, uh, where we're going to start in Sedona, do 1,300 miles, and learn a lot about ourselves uh, through the process. So if you want more information about that, links down in the bio uh, for that. And I always like to say before we start, take one thing away from this and actually put it into action. We'll have a lot of nuggets, as I call them, and a lot of tools, but just take one thing away uh, and start actually implementing it because you can have a lot of tools, but if you never take action on them, what's the point of them? So uh, without waiting any longer, Jason, why don't you take it away? Tell us a little bit about yourself uh, and your policing career, because I know you've been doing it for quite a while now. Yeah. Hi, Chris. Uh, thanks for having me here. Uh, I am a active duty patrol sergeant in Southern California. Uh, I've got about 23 years on now, um, and uh, I previously worked at our in-service training center. So uh, I was the in-service training sergeant for about four years, and then before that, you know, I've done a little bit of everything. I was I've worked custody. Uh, I was a bailiff. Uh, I worked patrol as a deputy. I worked at the academy as a deputy. I worked detectives. I worked direct enforcement. Uh, but uh, right now I'm super happy just being on patrol as a, as a sergeant. People my whole career have told me that that's the best spot on the agency. And I think they might actually be right. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome, man. So yeah. uh, let's go back because I know you're also running some other stuff that's really good for, um, for law enforcement and helping out the supervisors. So we'll talk about that towards the end of the episode. So everybody w- wait for that one. Uh, what got you into policing in the first place? Well, when I was 16, uh, I didn't really have much going on. Uh, and my mom found an article in the newspaper about a program called the Explorers. Uh, and it was where you could volunteer with the police department as a teenager. And so she signed me up. Uh, I went to that and I fell in love with it right off the bat. And it became my whole life outside of school was, uh, being an explorer, uh, I rose to the highest ranks of being an explorer. And uh, at 19 and a half, which was the minimum age you could be to get into the academy, that's when I got into the academy. So, I mean, almost to the day of when I could get in, that's when I got in and went through the academy and been doing it ever since then. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Uh, And so from there, where'd you go? So you did obviously patrol in the very beginning? As you always, no, as you normally do, on, or not? On our agency, you have to go through the uh, the jails first. So I spent two and a half years in the jails, and then uh, from there, I spent I don't know, maybe four four or five years on patrol. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I would say during that time is when I got burned out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I ended up leaving our agency at that at after that time. How far into the how far into your career did you end up losing leaving the agency? I was about seven years in, I think. It seems time. like that's the number, man. It seems like seven years. Mine was seven years. A lot of people yep. that I know is it's seven years, and then after that, it's like quite a lot longer. If you you know, or ten years yeah. is kind of the next kind of little hump ish if you're gonna have a one. But then it's quite a while later. Okay, so seven years in. How long have you been on patrol for? Um, somewhere around five years. 
yeah. you know, give or take whatever, six months, I don't know, uh, yeah. but probably around five years and on patrol in the same, in the same city, um, you know, the same general area uh, with the same people. Um, say working with working and dealing with the same people probably over and over and right, over. Right. And you get to the point. I remember one, one time I was taking a, a domestic incident report because at that time you had to write it. Anytime you went to a domestic incident, you had to write a report. It didn't matter what the argument was about. If it was physical, it didn't matter. You had to write a report. And so here I am interviewing this husband and wife about why they had a fight about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Why did they have a fight about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich? They, they had an argument about a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. And all I could think about was, what in the world am I doing here? What? <laughs> that, that's one of my pivotal moments that I knew, like, I'm burned out. What, what am I doing? So what do you define burnout as so that everybody can kind of get an indication? Because I know everybody has a different variations of burnout. And like some is really severe, some not so much. Uh, what would you identify burnout as in yourself? You know, um, I, I'm I'm probably I'm I'm probably not the best person to ask on what the definition is. Not for you, uh, because, your definition. Uh, you know, up until that time, I had been through a couple really serious critical incidents, um, and you know, I used the I used the peanut butter and jelly sandwich thing as like a like that's when I knew I was burned out. But the question is, how much did those critical incidents play into you know me feeling like that, or how much yeah. did they not? You know. Uh, um, for me, burnout is when you just, uh, don't, you just don't want to go to do, do what you have to do, like going to work. You don't want to do that anymore. It's not fun. Um, and, uh, you just don't have the mental clarity to, uh, to perform at the level that you should be performing at. To me, that's, that's being burned out. Yeah, I'm not. So, okay. So you, did you identify it? Like, was it right then you're like, okay, I need to do something about this or did it, was it a flow, like a lead up after that peanut butter and jelly situation? <laughs> I, think it, I think, I think it was a, a lead up for, for about a year. Um, I was young, you know, I was probably 26 years old, yeah. uh, 27. Uh, I, was, I think I was 27 actually. Um, I didn't know I didn't know why I didn't want to be there anymore. I just didn't want to do it anymore. I didn't want to be there anymore. I wanted to go do something different. And a lot of that probably had to do with getting into it so young yeah. at, at 19 and a half. I hadn't, I, it's not like I went to college, you know, and had that college experience or did anything beforehand. So, um, I think, uh, I think it was about a year long, just like progression of, I got to do something else. What made you actually decide to go do something? Did you actually resign, resign, or did you, or did they give you leave without pay? No, I resigned. I, uh, we, at the time, the real estate market was doing really well, uh, in the United States. And we had invested in some property in Arizona and we had also invested in property in Texas and really wanted to move to Texas. So, uh, we made a move to Texas and started, uh, our own business, me and my now wife. Oh, okay. What'd you guys start? You don't mind me asking. Uh, it was an absolutely miserable experience. <laughs> of doing it didn't help with the burnout. <laughs> doing advertising for home contractors. It did help with the burnout from the perspective of it was something different and somewhere different, you know? So uh, that change of pace was important, but dealing with people outside of law enforcement for me was miserable. I, I didn't like, I didn't like dealing with uh, 
contractors who were who didn't want to pay or were you know tough to deal with um it was a different group of people that i didn't enjoy working with no that's fair enough that's fair enough so you went you left you resigned how and then i know you you and i mentioned you said you went and did some like a bit of a a, a searching trip as such what what got you to go do that I was on the phone while we were in Texas and uh, miserable in my business. Uh, I was talking to a friend and I said, man, one thing that I've always wanted to do is go backpacking around the world, just sell everything, go backpacking around the world. And he goes, why don't you? And I said, uh, I don't know. Why don't I? So, uh, you know, we, we actually did it. We sold everything that we had. Uh, we had no, no more possessions except for what was in a small storage, uh, shed and we left and we backpacked around the world for a year. And that was a, uh, once in a lifetime experience, uh, it was amazing. You talk about fixing the burnout, that'll fix your burnout. Um, and met some amazing people all around the world, went to the most amazing places and it was truly, uh, a, a great adventure. No, that's awesome. That's awesome to hear. What would you say some of the key takeaways that you learned from that backpacking adventure that you still use to this day back in law enforcement? We'll talk about that in a minute, but yeah, that you still well, what, use to this day. Yeah. One is perspective, <clears throat> you know, going to third world countries and uh, places like in the mountains, you know, in South America and stuff like that. And, you know, just seeing how, how other people live in Asia um, and, uh, how they can still be happy, um, and fulfilled, um, and seeing how easy it is here, living here, uh, you know, now I'm back and I, you know, I'm in a house and I have running water and, uh, television whenever I want it and, you know, a car. Yeah. Uh, and so I would say perspective number one is, I always feel spoiled now in my job and in my life uh, because I am. Yeah. You know? so how do you so, bring yourself, how do you bring yourself, you know, you know, in those really hard days? Because I know in law enforcement, you know, I know you, I'm not in it anymore, but I know you, there's those really hard days where it's just, maybe there's one of those traumatic jobs or, you know, those, those incidents that happen. What do you do to keep that perspective, to remind yourself of, Hey, I actually am very privileged here. Um, I feel like, I feel like the experiences I've had keep me there anyway, but when it's a tough day, you know, I guess, I guess a great example is, uh, <clears throat> my, my, sh my shift went to a pretty gnarly suicide. I don't know, six weeks ago. Um, you know, and the guy, he used a rifle, he used a rifle in his garage. So basically he was everywhere yep. in the garage. <laughs> um, yep. and uh, you know, stuff like that, people think, uh, people think it doesn't affect, uh, the officers that go there, you know, and just, just like last week I had this lady say, you know, I couldn't do what you do seeing, seeing dead people all the time and dealing with that stuff. And it's like, I'm no, who do you think I am? I'm, yeah. I'm no, just because I have a uniform I, on, I'm no different to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I assure you, I didn't want to get into this job to do that. Uh, yeah. I just do it because I have to. Um, but that scene right there was that affected, uh, my officers. It was, it was clear as day, uh, just 
waiting for the coroner to show up, you know, and outside and hearing the conversation and that kind of stuff. It was, uh, it was a different one for everybody. Um, and so, you know, everywhere you walked, you walked on his brains, you know, yeah. kind of thing. So that kind of thing is, is different. Um, and I would say we just lean on each other. I don't ignore it anymore. When I came up in law enforcement and I'm sure when you were in it, it was, uh, the culture was, uh, you just suck it up. You know, yeah. you don't, you don't talk about that kind of stuff. You just suck it up. And it's not really, it's not like that anymore. And certainly on my shift, I don't keep a culture like that anymore. And so, uh, we talk about it openly and we have open, open discussions about anything. There's no false bravado nonsense, uh, yeah. like can be on other shifts. And so I think that camaraderie, uh, and that honesty really helps uh work through it together yeah no it definitely does it definitely does how do you bring that perspective of all the you know going to that backpacking trip how do you bring the perspective of all of that to your officers now um i don't know if i can ever bring the perspective to somebody because it's kind of the thing you have to you have to live through um but what i do is i do my best to have humility and Mm -hmm you know, admit when I make a mistake, you know, as the sergeant on on the shift, uh, admit when I make a mistake, try to try to work things out better. If they ask me a question, and I don't know, it's just I don't, you know, I don't know, let's, let's find out together. Uh, That used to be a that used to be a major no, no, in law enforcement was do not ever say you don't know, right? What a what a dumb, what dumb advice that is. Um, Just so many things that used to be that I was brought up to be because in a way I was brought up by law enforcement um was wrong and so yeah. i try not to i don't i don't i don't instill that culture in the younger officers that are there now so you you left you went on you know you started this business you went on a, a bit of a soul searching trip we have something in common there we both did a soul searching trip nice, uh, nice. came back a different person and then you decided to go back into law enforcement what made you decide okay. to go back to law enforcement I missed it. I missed, uh, I missed living in Southern California. I missed my family. Um, I missed, uh, having a purpose because to me, law enforcement is the ultimate purpose. It's what keeps society functioning. Uh, and when you don't have law enforcement, even the, the people, a lot of people outside of law enforcement don't understand, but there are some very, very bad people out there. And when you don't have law enforcement, those people, uh, would, uh, take over and uh the society could not function so i truly believe in the mission of law enforcement uh i love it i love the i love the camaraderie i love the talking talking smack to each other joking around um serving the community having people wave you know i love i love all that stuff oh that's awesome that's awesome so uh obviously you've been back in it longer than you were before you burned out before you left Mm -hmm. yeah why do you believe that it's different now? Is it just the perspective side of stuff or is there other things that you do on a daily basis? Yeah, it's the perspective stuff. It's also focusing more on jujitsu is my thing. So I like, I like to train uh, jujitsu. So I have, I have stuff outside of, uh, of law enforcement. Um, and I also have a few rules that I abide by now. Like I, I won't, I don't stay anywhere for more than three to four years. I'll move you know, within the agency somewhere else. 
yeah. uh, because I, I just know myself and I know I'll, I'll get burned out. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Yeah. Um, so it's that kind of stuff. And uh, it's, you know, having a family that keeps me grounded now, whereas b- before I was much younger, I didn't have a family. Um, so I think that kind of stuff, you know, I'm, I'm not perfect at it. It's difficult, yeah. uh, but certainly it's much easier now. I still love going to work. I don't, you know, if I have to go to work, the only, the only thing that sucks about going to work is getting up at four in the morning. You know, <laughs> other than that, uh, uh, it's fun. It's fun being there. I, you know, just, just the other day I was trampling down in the uh, river bottom looking for, you know, uh, drug addicts and stuff like that. And it was, it was fun. You know, it was, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you just keep that that fun attitude. Hey, I love, I love, I love the attitude that you have towards it. it just, it's fun. That's just what it is, and that's what you. Yeah. you know, it seems like you. And you have days that you're like, oh, I guarantee you'll have days that you're like, why do I do this again? And then you're like, oh yeah, this is why, because <laughs> it's <Yeah>. fun. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's it's also way easier as you promote. You know, as you promote, you get more autonomy. Uh, you get to do the things you want to do. Uh, you don't have to write all the paperwork, <laughs> that kind of stuff. So you do have kind of an advantage as you as you promote up the ranks. The job gets easier and easier as you go up. Yeah, no, nah, definitely. Now, um, what is it that you do with your the officers that you lead? Because it doesn't sound like you're a manager. It sounds like you're actually a, a more of a leader than than anything. What do you do to lead your officers to make sure that, you know, to help guide them so that they don't end up where you did at that seven year mark? Uh, one is I check in on them. Uh, I, I'm really big into briefing, but it's briefing training. But sometimes, uh, sometimes briefing is just about, uh, hey, w- hey, what do you have going on? Yeah. We did a briefing one day on uh, what's your what are your hobbies outside of work, you know? So we just talked about each other's hobbies. Yeah. One of them did origami, which origamist is a thing, so you know. Uh, and so uh, we. <laughs> Here's a bunch of cops around a table, uh, full, learning how to fold uh, in paper into like a pterodactyl or whatever it is that we did, you know. Uh, and so uh, it's just that kind of stuff that uh, you know I try to be more, much more personable about it than supervisors would have been when I first came on. They were, it was that you know that hard nosed sergeant, uh, you know, who was grumpy all the time. And you know why? You know why? Because he was burned out. Yep, they were all burned out. <laughs> I'm glad you said that because I, I, <laughs> I, you, you see it all the time. You're like, yeah, he's burned out and he's burned out. Oh, she's burned out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You can see it yeah, a mile away. Yeah. Once you've been burned out real bad, you're like, oh, that's what's going on with that. It was that how I was. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. It's awesome that you bring some of that hu- humility to the job. You know, the, 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 the outside, the, the person outside of, outside of the uniform into each other and into the job. Cause yeah, it, like you said, it is so important. Um, you, you know, what? another thing, another thing that I try to be conscious about and do is I try to interact with the public much more now than I used to. Yeah. Uh, when I was brand new, it was a lot more about us versus them kind of mentality. Uh, and now, now it's not, I go, I, I go and I develop relationships within the community, you know, uh, like I'm really into pizza. Pizza is kind of like my thing, you know, I love making pizza and I'm really a, a snob about it, <laughs> but uh, you know, I, well, I know where I I'm going pe- for pizza then. <laughs> yeah. I have this, there's a pizza shop that the guy, he, he likes making uh sourdough New York pizzas just like I do. So, you know, I, I go in there all the time and 
uh, last time I was in there, uh, I went in the back and I made a pizza with him in uniform, you know, and everybody got a big kick out of it. And he took video for Instagram and, and everything. And it was, it was a fun time. And I brought back pizzas for my shift and we all had pizza. It's like, you can have a lot of fun like that, uh, on patrol. If you want to, you can be, you can be hard nosed and, you know, us against them and stay in your car and not talk to people, or you can just go out and see the cool things that are in your community and have fun and, uh, and build relationships with people. And I think that's really big too. No, it's definitely. I love that. I love how you, how you're doing it. And, you know, it makes the, it makes that relationship between civilian and law enforcement, which, you know, there is that gap because there is, you know, it's, law enforcement has to, has to uphold the law. Um, and it, it closes that gap as such, um, is where I'm going with that. How do you, because I know I've talked to a lot of officers and there's a lot of different ways and I, I still talk to a lot. And as I know you do as well, how do you counteract the high vigilance and the threat side of stuff, that threat side of your brain when it comes into, you know, I'm going to have fun with the public. I'm going to interact with them. But yet, obviously you still have that safety side. It was only just a month ago, you know, we had seven cops get shot and a few of them were ambushes. How do you, how do you personally counteract that? side of your lizard brain so that it doesn't take over um it's it it is it is difficult but i feel like it gets easier as you get older and more experienced you know like officer safety stuff is uh really ingrained in me to where it's a part of me i don't i don't have to think about it anymore you know it's just uh i just you know you'll never see me in a restaurant with my back to the door. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> I don't, it's not even something that goes through my mind. It's just, it just happens. Um, for me, it's education. I'm so training is really big to me and education is really big. So knowing what you can and cannot do and understanding the, the, the understanding officer safety uh, and how you can be better and how you can put yourself in situations where you're not, instead of knocking on the door, you're back at the car and you're asking dispatch to have the person walk out to talk to you, you know, things like that. You can really put yourself in positions to succeed um, and not have to be at such a hypervigilant state. Yeah. When critical incidents happen, of course, of course you do, but the preparation uh, that, I did beforehand and that I did with my shift beforehand uh, sets us up for success. So I think that calms a lot of that, uh, that stress, that stressor down, you know, jujitsu puts you in positions where you're in fights all the time. You're getting smashed all the time. You're uh, and you have to adapt and learn to work in that environment. And then when the last time, the last time I used to force happened on my shift that I was involved in, it was, I, I told the other deputies not even to get involved, just step, just step back. Cause it, it just, it, there was nothing, there was nothing stressful about it for me. Yeah. You know, and that's only, that's only not cause I'm some super tough guy. I'm not, it's just, uh, it's just being there and building the mental map and, you know, didn't, didn't matter what the guy did. I just transitioned to this different position. It was, it was yeah. fine. So ex experience, experience is experience and, and, and training um is what i heard a lot there is and it is it, it's so it's so important when you when you're confident in something you'll actually you're, you're smoother it's easier you don't have to use it as soon um no nah, that's that's awesome uh now um jason 
what do you feel like? So if you could go back and teach your cadet self or, you know, yourself back in the very beginning, one thing, what would it be? Would he have listened? <laughs> <laughs> okay. And he would have listened. <laughs> um, gosh, that's a really great question. Uh, off the top of my head, I guess I would say that uh, law enforcement isn't really about being uh, the super tough guy. When I was an ex when I was an explorer, it was a different world, and so you know, um, people. I remember riding along with deputies, and like somebody would come to ask a question, and the deputy would pull their gun out and push it up against the door, you know, just in case this yeah, was somebody that was, that. you know, um, or uh, you know, things that are going chest, chest, like officers going chest to chest with people and challenging them and stuff like that. Uh, and you know, all that is, it's not, it's, I, I remember in the Academy being told that, uh, they were telling us a story about this officer and how he was a really good officer because he never asked for backup. And so the one day that he asked for backup was when they knew something was really wrong. And now me as an adult, as a supervisor and, you know, 23 years on and stuff, I go, all that stuff is stupid, is dumb. It's just, it's dumb. Uh, you know, you don't, why, why go chest to chest with somebody, you know, you're putting yourself in striking range and for what, to prove something to some drunk idiot, you know, that's yeah. why. Um, so I think it's more about, uh, just get out there into the community and meet people and, uh it's and the vast vast majority of the public really supports uh law enforcement they want you to be that hero that superman type uh person you know uh and the more that you're like that mr tough guy jerk uh you're not really fulfilling that role for them or for yourself to be quite honest the so drop a bunch of the ego and just be yourself <laughs> right yeah exactly yeah. Exactly. And, <laughs> and you're not, you're not Mr. Tough guy. You're, you're not, you know, <laughs> you're, you're, you're just a dude, just like anybody else's is, is out there. Right. So use yeah. your, res the reason we win is because we use our resources. We get our people there and our tools, take our time, build a game plan, uh, all that kind of stuff. That's what makes you Mr. Tough guy is just being smart, using your brain. Mm, no, nah, I couldn't agree. Couldn't agree more. Um, I'm a huge why guy, Jason. I like to know people's why, like what makes them tick, who they are deep down inside. Mine is that I help people see themselves or I, I, I want to be seen. So now I help myself and others truly see ourselves. Uh, hmm. What would you say your why is that ticked you through, you know, going into explorers and, you know, being a, a great explorer and then, you know, now going into law enforcement and doing, you know, everything that you have done and how you've helped everybody. And now with your, even with your, you know, briefing room trainings that you're running, which we'll talk about in a minute, what do you believe is your why that drives all of that? I think I have a really strong sense of right and wrong and good versus evil. And I don't really know where that comes from. Sometimes I think it comes from watching cartoons as, as a as a really young kid, you know, like like He Man and Voltron and the Transformers <laughs> and GI Joe, uh, and Superman movies, you yep. know, with Christopher Reeves, all all, all that stuff. Uh, it really it really is ingrained deep deep down in me. And so I, my why is I like being the good guy that comes in and helps people in their time of need. And, uh, that's, 
truly the the deepest part of me is that so that's that's my why for why i do what i do i love that i love that man let's talk a little bit about the briefing room tell me a little bit about that so listeners and viewers and you know i know there's chiefs and all that that listen to this podcast um what just tell me a little bit about the briefing room how it works and 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 what it's about the briefing room is a a subscription-based uh website that agencies subscribe to and it bridges the gap between minimum state standards which are wholly inadequate for training law enforcement today it bridges the gap between minimum state standards and what officers really need to know uh, in order to be successful in law enforcement today so uh uh, at thebriefingroom.com we provide what we call rise training blocks so a rise training block is designed for a supervisor to use during briefing the supervisor can come in just one minute before briefing. Uh, they have access to any rice training block they want. A rice training block contains a 90-second video that covers one key concept. Uh, it provides a key points worksheet. So the sergeant has uh, questions they can ask of their shift uh, after the video plays. And then it has all the additional resources to take them further if they want to dive deeper into that topic. So instantly... A supervisor doesn't have to have the stress of pre- trying to prepare training for their shift before, uh, during briefing uh, before every shift. Instead, they can just log in, find a topic, uh, and go right then with, uh, with quick training that gets their officers trained in one concept and out the door. And then every Tuesday and Thursday, we add a new RISE training block. So they're very uh, contemporary. Whatever's going on in society at that time, a new case law comes out, uh, some viral video comes out, uh, we can we put a rice training block out about it and sergeants can have access to that training. Oh, that's awesome. What feedback are you getting about it? Uh, <laughs> we're getting really good feedback. Um, we, we, we just soft launched uh, last month um, and the feedback has been tremendous. Uh, people... People really love it, so it's it's taking off like just like we had hoped because it's addressing a problem that that we were having. We're all active duty officers. None of this is you know somebody without law enforcement experience or somebody with uh, uh, law enforcement experience from a long time ago. We're all active duty law enforcement, so we come across things like a great example is uh, I went to a hotel where uh, my guys were on scene of a uh, dead body that was alone in a hotel room. And uh, the question comes up, does a dead body have, in the United States, does a dead body have Fourth Amendment protections from the Constitution? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> you know, that's a that's a really good question. That's a good question. But yeah, that, that is a good question. Does it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So so what do we do? So we we research, we find the answer, we build a rise training block around it. And now all sergeants have access to that same that same question. So it's it's uh, like I, I, t- I was telling you earlier, you know, we did a whole series on um, how do you do death notifications? No one teaches you how to knock on someone's door and tell them that their son died in a traffic collision at 2 a.m. Uh, you're just told to go do it. So, you know, we went and sought out an expert and he gave us uh, guidelines on how, how do you go do a death notification? How do you, how do you deal with grief in other people? And then by the way, how do you deal with grief in yourself uh, as the officer? So those are all training topics. You, you just, you just don't get anywhere else. You can't rely on 
an attorney with no law enforcement experience to interpret things like case law and apply them to a profession that they've never worked in. Uh, so it coming from active duty law enforcement officers to us is is huge and also to the people that use the briefing room uh, is is really big as well. So you'll see how, if you go to the briefingroom.com, you'll see, I mean, we have a whole mock agency. We have uniforms. Um, we reenact things that we do. Things that we, things that we say to do, we do them in uniform. We don't necessarily, like we don't teach defensive tactics per se, even though many of us are defensive tactics instructors, but we do teach principles. And if we teach a principle, we show that it can be done in full uniform from head to toe on pavement with an actively resisting suspect. When, when you see me in a video uh, uh, fighting somebody, that person was was literally told, do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. B uh, bite, punch, kick, uh, fight as hard as you can. And make it real to show that it can be done. Yeah. Make it real. Make it real. No, I love it. I love this. So how do people find, obviously, I think you did just say it there, but I just want to just re reconfirm it in. How do people find uh, more information about the briefing room? So there's two ways they can go to thebriefingroom.com, and that's our website. Uh, on the website, you can get access to some free videos as well. Uh, if you sign up, uh, you can also see an example of a rice training block on, on our website. Uh, and you can also connect with me on LinkedIn. I, I put a lot of free training on LinkedIn because I just want I, I just want cops to have access to the training. So uh, you know uh, you can go you can connect with me, Jason Lewis, L O U I S, on uh, LinkedIn, and you'll see a bunch of my training there. So those are the two ways you can really connect with me. Perfect, and we'll put those links down in the description down below as well, uh, so people have quick access to them. Uh, any, uh, the last question that I have, Jason, that I always like to ask is what would you say your top tip to self-happiness is? Ooh, uh, <clears throat> when you start feeling burned out, just get away a little bit, you know, uh, sometimes that's, uh, going to do a hobby that you like to do. Sometimes it's taking a couple of days off and going on a trip somewhere, which for me is huge. If I can get out and go to Arizona or something for a couple of days, you know, coming back is very different than just taking a couple of days off of work going mm. somewhere. Right. So just getting away for a little bit, uh, I think helps you get a different perspective. So whatever your hobby is, do that. Uh, and then if you need a couple of weeks off, uh, you know, take the time off. Mm. And then honestly, if, if you're not happy, go find something else to do. I mean, <laughs> You only have one life, you know, and there's no reason to sit there and be angry because you're trying to hold on to a, uh, a retirement uh, that's way down the road, you know, yeah. go, there's plenty of other things that, that you can do in life. No, I love that, Jason. Yeah. You know, take that time out is definitely a key thing. And it doesn't have necessarily have to be months and months. If you get on top of it quickly, it can just be, you know, a day or two getting away, having some new scenery, seeing something new, looking at a different perspective, as we talked about already. Uh, yeah. Any last word, Jason, before we wrap up? Uh, try if if you're currently working, try to go interact with your community more. Uh, whatever your hobby is, maybe it's skateboarding or maybe it's uh, whatever your interests are, video games. Go just go find a shop like that uh, and go start talking to people that are in there. You'd be surprised how much they want to open up to you. They get a kick out of you being there in uniform, and you know it turns turns into to a little bit of a show. Uh, but just interacting pe with people, say hi, say you know, go to go to the park and walk around the park. I think getting outside of your 
patrol car uh, when you're not on a call for service. Uh, just going and doing things is really big for uh, enjoying life and enjoying uh, being out amongst people. Oh, and seek that. help. Seek yes. help. If you, go, if you go through a gnarly situation, <clears throat> when I was younger, uh, I was I was in a situation where a lady helped me at shotgun gunpoint. Um, you know, and after that, uh, I just went to my next call. <laughs> As you, do, uh, right? as you do you know uh, just rub it off <laughs> i'm superman <laughs> and uh, i'm sure that kind of stuff uh, affects you more than you realize so uh find somebody you can talk to and i'm 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 not gonna lie and say it's the department psychologist because it may may be if you do have a great one and it may not be if you don't have a great one uh but uh seek it out from somebody Oh, I, I love that. You know, I went to three different, I went to the police psychologist and I went to three other counselors before I found a good one. So definitely don't just accept, expect that they're going to relate to you because it's not necessarily. So I love those. Um, awesome, Jason. Well, thank you so much for being here. And again, for all you listening and watching, uh, I do appreciate you for watching um, and listening. So make sure that, you, you know, if you could please share and, you know, like subscribe, share this episode out to somebody that, you know, would, pick something up from this and just implement one thing today. Uh, and if you do need any assistance, reach out to, you know, Jason through LinkedIn or uh, the briefing room.com, or you can reach out to myself at Chris at knocking demon coaching.com. Uh, and all the links are down in the bio down below. And that, that motorcycle retreat we're running is down there too. We want you to stay safe. We want you to take care of yourself. Number one, first off, uh, so that then you can continue to look after us and thank you jason for looking after the community and for uh doing all the great hard work that you're doing to not just keep the community safe but also to help all of our offices out with um with the briefing room so appreciate you being here and until next time everyone keep training hard so that when those tests do come and they will come they're a little bit easier thank you chris